0: Hello, thank you for tuning in to Marketing Connected. My name is Janice Tan, and I'm your host for this new series titled Not Your Usual Marketing. We often hear from brands in sectors such as FMCG, FNB, e-commerce, and even banking about their marketing plans. However, what does marketing mean in industries that we don't often hear about? Well, that's what we're here to find out. In this series... We will be featuring brands and individuals that are generally more understated in the eyes of consumers when it comes to marketing and the interesting ways they have had to think out of the box to capture attention they include female sexual wellness company smile makers the asian civilizations museum tattoo artist jade sparkle and resistance band company Band of sisters today we hear from jade sparkle also known as jade quinton who is the owner and founder of Tattoo Parlor Potato Parlor. Jade is well-known for specializing in realism tattoos in Singapore and has more than 11,000 followers on Instagram. She's also among the list of tattoo artists that have taken to social media to raise awareness about her brand and promote her business. How does Jade stand out from the crowd with her marketing? What mediums work for her and what is marketing in the tattoo industry like as a whole? Let's find out in this episode. Hi Jade, how are you? Hi,
1: thanks for having me. You're welcome. Tell us about yourself and what you do. Um, I'm a tattoo artist. I've been a tattoo artist for about, I think, somewhat like 10 years now. I do mostly black and grey realism or colour realism. Mm-hmm. And yeah, started Petito Pala, I think about, it's been two years now, I want to say, almost two years. But I was tattooing for much longer than that. Now. A name says a lot about a company,
0: right? I mean, it's your first start of branding. And your name is Potato Parlor. I'm pretty sure you have an interesting story behind it, but my first impression is that it's probably a food joint because of the obvious potato reference. Tell us how the name came about and
1: do you have some kind of love affair with potatoes? Oh, not so much. Actually, it's because like um, me and my best friend, we were staying in a bar and we we're trying to come out with names, right? Mm. But I didn't want it to be like some super like Oh, um, I don't know, like black heart tattoo or something So we were just <laughs> thinking of something like more, more light, more me And then both of us are really potatoes Like it's like really couch potatoes So we'll sit for our TV and do nothing all day Like I'm the mm. person that if you leave me in one spot And you give me Wi-Fi and food mm. I you, You'll probably find me in the same spot 12 hours later Like I won't move <laughs> on Then like, I can't remember, I think we were just drinking And it just eventually, we came up with a few And we kind of just went like, oh yeah, I think this is the cutest And we just kind of went with it I see. Terrible, terrible way to <laughs> terrible way to fucking pick a name la, but you know, it is what it is.
0: You founded Potato Parlour two years ago and you were somewhat caught in between pre-COVID and the present day. What has the journey been like for you so far in terms of business and marketing?
1: Uh, I mean, I think when I started, it was about when I thought about starting, I got everything together like pretty quick within, I think, about two months. Mm. But I remember creating the company name, I think on the 31st of December. But yeah, we're in now in 2021, right? Yes. So I assume it was 2019 December. So I started in 2020. Wait, mm. that makes almost two years, right? Yeah, right. So I think uh, I started on the first of December, and then on in January 2020, I think I got I finally signed my lease somewhere, I think, January 4th. I think we were open for like we had everything up and running. We were mm. down, we were in there for two months, I think, and then COVID hit. I think a lot of people were like, oh my god, are you okay? But like at the same time, because I think I had just come off, like I, I came back from overseas, I was overseas for a year and a half traveling, and mm-hmm. then I immediately went into work, and I immediately, then after that, I started shop. So it was like a lot of stuff happening in a very short period of time. So I think maybe for me, I wasn't as like hard up about it. I was like, oh well, then I get to rest, that's not really a big deal. And I wasn't like poor to a point I couldn't afford two months of rent, so I was actually in not the worst state.
0: Did you do any marketing during those two months or you just laid low?
1: Once they locked us down, I didn't know how long the lockdown was going to be for. Because I remember in the beginning, they said like, I think it was tentatively like a month. Mm -hmm. And then it extended to two months, if I remember correctly. Because I remember at the end of it going like, if I knew it was two months, I would have left the country. And then like, because I had appointments lined up and I had to postpone everybody, right? I just was laying super low. I didn't do any marketing because I was very, I didn't know when was the next time I could put someone in. And plus, mm. I also had a backlog of two months because of COVID. Mm. Okay. So at
0: that point in time, did you regret starting your own business? Oh no, not at all. Mm.
1: Like I, 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 I really I really like it because it's everything is really on your terms. Mm. And um that being said, like I wasn't starting like an F and B business, like um like starting something new to a point where um like you know, oh I hope this will work, oh I hope people will know about it, I hope. Um, I hope uh, I I hope I can market enough where people will keep coming. For me, when I started, I already had a base of customers which I've been working on for the last about well, for the last how long I've been tattooing. So like I've basically been marketing myself for like that amount of x amount of years already. So when I started potato parlor, it I already had my name, so I knew I was going to be able to at least sustain rent there. So everything after that was mostly how to grow potato parlor as a business more than as Jade Sparkle as a brand, I guess hmm. as the as a, as a tattoo artist. During the 10 years that you've been tattooing, how
0: did you grow your Jade Sparkle brand and market yourself? What did you do to make yourself stand
1: out? Actually, I think in the beginning it was um in the beginning, it wasn't as marketing as it is now. In the beginning it was super difficult because when I started, there's no such thing as Instagram, but uh Facebook was a thing. But again, Facebook is somewhere where you post things and your friends see it, right? People don't yeah. scroll. Yeah, so last time, it was mostly like, I think there was one point of time, it was just like, anybody who added me on Facebook, I would just accept, and I would just post tattoos on, on Facebook, mm. so that was that, and then mostly, I think it was really word of mouth, so mm. I was like, a humongous cover when I was younger, mm-hmm. so I used to go out like, every, like, three times a week, I will meet new people, and then like, they would ask me what I do, then I said I was an apprentice at the time, and then like just grow from there, really just talking to people and growing and making sure you're a better artist. Because as long as you're good, your customers and like you did a good job for them and everything, mm-hmm. usually they'll tell their friends, and then that's where you get recommendations. So word of mouth is like mega important. Mm. But that's the beginning. So then towards like I'd say till about like five years ago, when Instagram started becoming big, I think like Instagram, I was still using it as more social media than actual marketing. Uh, so I posted a few tattoos here and there, but i feel like also my career got better as i got better like as a tattoo artist like getting better in my art and stuff like that Mm. so um instagram grew a bit and then uh i got better as well i hope so my followers started to go up a little bit more and then um i was really lucky that i know a few people so they got me in contact with like magazines and stuff and um so i did a few articles for magazines my friend went for uh, a few of these like um, brand parties So I would go with her as well And then we'll talk about And then I'll talk to people there And then after that Sometimes brands will contact me To do like certain things Tattoo related for their brand mm. And stuff like that So it kind of like all snowballed But I would say like the biggest thing Was mostly just really I guess Word of mouth and self-marketing I think that would have been the biggest thing mm. But even then I don't think I'm, a, I'm I don't think I'm like the best at marketing either mm, Why do you say that? I don't know i feel like it depends on how on what people think of as marketing because i feel like there's no real way to there's no real way to quantit like quantitatively say you did good marketing like there are certain things where you can do you know can do the google search ads some people would say like the best marketing are the people who have like tens of thousands of followers you know like hundred thousand followers like that's good marketing because now you have this whole base that you can just market to all the time Mm. but i feel like because i got quite lazy on the Instagram front as well, that would be my fault, that I didn't grow in followers for quite a long time because I was just very lazy to post photos because <laughs> mm. I, I was working a lot. Mm. But because I was working a lot, I was also like, my customers are going out and telling their friends and stuff like that. So it really depends. I think like on Instagram, I don't have the most followers. But mm-hmm. like in terms of like, um, if someone like, appa- this is what my customers tell me. Yeah. Mm. Like if they, if they do talk to their friends like a few people know who I am and I think that's mostly because I have tattooed so many people and I've I've been I've done my best to be as nice to them as I can Mm -hmm. but as in like I genuinely try to do a good connection with them
0: what about events you know um I remember last time I went to a bikers event and there was a tattoo contest have you been invited to such events
1: uh yeah I think I did um I did a Warpix event for them uh, for one of their anniversaries. I can't remember which year. But um, me and uh, the old studio I used to work at, we went there and then we did like a whole bunch of tattoos for people. But yeah, like, I mean, like definitely, there's definitely marketing as well because people will talk to you and they'll ask you. Generally, like if, you're, if you if apply everyone nicely, like the next time someone mentions the tattoo, usually your name comes out. So like those events do help out. Okay, so print,
0: events, social media and word of mouth. Which one has been the most useful to you or the most important so far?
1: I think all of them are important, but in different ways. Mm, mm. I feel like print, like a lot of people think that print is much more legitimate mm. than um, online for some reason. Mm. Uh, I mean, it looks cool as well, right? Um, yeah. I think that Instagram has helped me get a lot of... Uh, Instagram has definitely helped me get customers who are not normally in my social circle, I would say. Mm. Uh but I would say word of mouth. I, oh, I don't know. I think it's like 50-50 between Instagram and word of mouth.
2: Because mm.
1: I'm still getting word of mouth to this day. So I think it's 50-50. When it comes to Instagram, right, do you prefer
0: posts or stories?
1: Um, mostly posts because I feel like um for me, it's like if I if someone does again, if someone talks to me in real life, they're like, oh, so what's your Instagram? So I'll give them my Instagram. And the posts are there, right? Mm. So you get to see the entire mm, portfolio at one go. So mm. for me, that's how I use Instagram. Uh stories are mostly when I don't know, I'm feeling social, which is not super often either. I don't mm-hmm. Instagram a ton, especially not stories. I just don't think about doing it, which is terrible. I should. Mm. Um, but yeah, I use posts more. We talked a bit
0: about the Jade Sparkle brand earlier on. Um, could you describe, you know, what exactly is the Jade Sparkle brand and how have you tried to convey that through your Instagram?
1: Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's per se, like, a brand so much that I'm... Like, it's a brand image that I'm um, trying to portray. It's really just me, just a different last name. Um, the whole brand, I guess it's just me. I try to just convey that we do good work. Um, like, I do... I hope that I convey I do good work and... um that is very safe and it's very fun and it's like nothing nothing too serious uh yeah I don't know I, I, do, I don't know if I built it so much as a brand but just like a name attached to the images that I put on Instagram which display my work
0: so what do you want people to think of when you know they see your Instagram and your name
1: I feel like I really want to convey like um like good work I would say like good mm. work a good time comfort like had a comforting experience just generally good feelings i i would say about like me my shop the people like the experience that he had with the shop let us backtrack a
0: bit shall we um how do you or rather how did you get into tattooing and why did you choose to become a tattoo artist
1: oh i just graduated i think i was 19 mm. i just graduated uh with a, a fashion degree Mm. And then I went overseas for three months. I was like, oh no, what am I going to do now? So I I came back and I was like, oh, I don't really want to sew buttons in the back of a wedding shop for a while. (laughs) So I was kind of Mm. like procrastinating, like putting that off. Mm. My friend told me, he was like, my friend Sean, he was like, hey, I'm a tattoo apprentice.' I was like, oh my God, you're so cool. I was like, oh, how do you, how do you swing that and all that? Like, is it fun and everything? He's like, yeah, yeah, super fun. I was like, hey, do you think I could try it? He's like, you can draw, right? I'm like, eh, I can kind of draw, I guess. Like, I like drawing. um. He was like, okay, how about you just go ask and, like, see if they take you in. I was like, oh, okay. So, I, like, drew a couple of things. I brought it in and the shop said yes and they took me in all. And I didn't think it was... Okay, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think it was going to be forever. I just wanted to see what it was like. Mm. My parents were very unhappy with me about this decision. Because <laughs> then like, there was no point of me going to uni, right? And I enjoyed it enough that I just stuck around the whole way and I never left. Hmm, I see. So, what about it do you enjoy? I mean, like... I just draw on people And they give me money I think it's like A damn good deal eh I <laughs> <laughs> it's a damn good deal I get to like Do almost any Like now I get to do Almost anything I want It's challenging mm. It's really challenging Because you You're never going to be The best at that doing I feel like You like There's always something to learn So I like that It's challenging I like that It's also kind of social Because I can talk to my customers And stuff like that mm-hmm. I like that um it's still really creative. I can I can pretty much change the design if I really want to. It's been my, like, oh, I'm not really happy with the design. Like now, especially I can do this. But um I like how difficult it is and I like the social aspect and I like the fact that it's on time, on target. Like I like the mm-hmm. fact that I can plan my my year out. Like if I want to go on a holiday, I can. If I want to mm-hmm. work, I can. If I want to stay at work till midnight, that's my prerogative. If I want to do that, I can. There's no one saying, no, you have to finish this at this time, you have to do this and do that. It's very, it's very on you. La La. I like how everything is just, it. what you give to tattooing is what you get back. Do you
0: think um, the concept or impression of what a tattoo artist is has changed so far? Um, and what contributed to that? You know, I, I remember that there was a reality TV series last time called LA Inc., and do you think the publicity of these TV shows actually helped change the image, or rather, helped shape the image of tattoo artists?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like it was very good in a sense, but it gave people and an, it gave people an, like a like a, a way to look into tattoo shops because tattoo shops are typically very closed, right? Because mm. if I'm doing someone on the ribs, I'm not going to have like full open windows for you to see, right? So like, I think that it gave. Um, it gave people a way to look past the tattoo doors And like go in and actually talk to the artist. Whereas last time was very intimidating
0: mm. I
1: wouldn't have walked into a tattoo shop for example I accompanied my friends to go see tattoos Because like there was no other way There was no other in right Like I would just go with my friend to watch her get tattooed And like see what it's like in the shop But if mm. you've never been tattooed and your friends are not tattooed You would never know what's going on in the shop So I feel like LA, mm. in, LA Inc and these kind of um, These kind of uh shows They really did like Kind of give understanding to people what a tattoo shop is like. I think they were good for the most part because uh they spread awareness, they made everything, it made it more palatable to normal people. Like it's not just like abings and aliens inside the tattoo shop gangsters like shooting up and like taking drugs and smoking over the uh, tattoo shops. How common is
0: it for tattoo artists to do their own marketing?
1: Oh, I think it's, I think, uh, I think it's mostly like that in Singapore. Okay, so
0: is it mainly done through word of mouth or do they go big on social media ads or search ads?
1: I would say like social media ads are like one of the stronger ones. So now I know TikTok is huge because if you get viral there, you pretty much get a whole bunch of followers. And then from there, you can kind of like really grow your brand. So TikTok's huge. Instagram is huge because Instagram has promoted posts which uh, have worked. I've tried them before. They do work. I don't know if they work now, but when I used them last time, they did work. You also have like the search engine optimization stuff, like your mm. Google ads. All of those work as well. So uh, it really depends on like, um on like what level you want to go to. I've seen a lot of tattoo artists use these, um use uh, these kind of, uh, like the online paid advertising mm. methods. Or you can do the, as many followers as you, can, as you can grab on. So like the fame, the fame route is also another route that a lot of us have, a lot of us have taken. And yeah, so all word of mouth. I feel like word of mouth is generally everybody's going to do anyway because mm. like you're talking to your customer. So your customer will automatically talk to their friends. So that one is, um, that's a given. That's 100% everybody's doing anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, it's whether or not, how much advertising you want to do over social media, I feel like that's the bigger thing.
0: Jade, how much do you normally spend on marketing? And... What are some unconventional marketing tactics you've carried out so far?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I don't personally spend anything on marketing right now. Mm.
2: Um,
1: but I've been trying to grow um my colleague. Uh, so I have apprentices in the studio. So I'm trying to grow their audience because um they need it, right? Mm. So I think how much did I give them? So I'm I think the budget is something along the lines of like $50 per post. And I think the posts run for about seven days so it depends how many times you want to do it a month they can do it two to four times a month so you're talking about 100 200 per person per month Mm. so let's say two people or three people do it it comes up to about three to six hundred dollars a month Uh, that's without the google ads and i think the google ads i won't bother doing anyway just because right now there's no tourism Mm -hmm. so there's not i don't think people really google how where to get tattooed right now in singapore mostly they already have like a friend who follows this person on instagram who follows this person on instagram who recommends someone so I yeah. personally think that's a bit of a dead medium right now. So for me, what I do is mostly the for them, I do the Instagram po uh the Instagram posts. Also, mm. I repost their posts as well. So that's double. So they get to reach my followers as well as the followers they're paying to reach via the Instagram ads. Uh what else do we do? Unconventional. Uh, I don't know. I think the one day, one day they were saying, oh, I do have an appointment. I was like, you got outside, hand out flyers. Though? They never actually did it, but I did suggest <laughs> it. They said. they said they never ended up doing it. Um, yeah, no, I don't think they do anything super out of the ordinary, actually. Mm. I feel like it's, well, I mean, I told them like, if you really want to do something, you can just post like the design and say you do it for like, for like a very friendly rate. I feel like that, that's also a, a way of advertising. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like to build your portfolio, which I think is why it's a very important. Your portfolio has to be strong because even if you advertise the shit out of your shop, like you pay like, I don't know, thousands of dollars advertising your shop, if the world is not good, people also won't come. Yeah, that's true. Um, Now, I want to circle back to
0: the bit about the flyers. Why didn't you go ahead with the flyers? Effective or not, you know, pre-COVID, we still saw a fair bit of those being handed out by companies.
1: Uh, I think they were lazy to go into the hot sun, <laughs> honestly, like honest, honest. But do you think that medium still works? No. But, okay, but yes and no. Mm. I think it's very targeted marketing. Mm. So I think the plan was to. <laughs> this is terrible. I don't know if I should say this. <laughs> the plan was to go aim LaSalle because it was very close by. Ah, okay. Because, like, you know, all art students, right? Yes. And then like, like print a flyer, say $10 off a uh, minimum spend that tattoo. Like, I mean whatever, like you see $10 off, you're sure, happy, why, right? Mm. Go check it out. Lord, at the very least, go follow the person, right? Mm. I think, right, if you give them okay, I wouldn't say flyers. I'll say vouchers. I think vouchers definitely work, because I'm a sucker for vouchers. What are some challenges you face when trying to raise awareness about your brand through marketing? I guess like because my brand is kind of like a little bit girly. <laughs> I feel like sometimes when I do the marketing, I'm just like, ooh, does my brand look too girly? Am I castrating like the guys that work in the shop as well?
2: Mm. Like I don't want to
1: go too girly or too guy either. I'm trying to stay as neutral as I can. But mm. I'm still a girl. So I like things that are still a bit cute personally. Not, it's not everybody's cup of tea to be girly, you know what I mean? Like, so like sometimes I find it a little bit difficult just to market it in a way that is really as neutral as I can go. Mm. So like last time my, I think my brand logo was pink. I've now changed it to black <laughs> just mm. because it is easier. <laughs> I find it a little bit difficult nowadays to um really know what works actually, in my opinion, for like marketing for like businesses like mine. I don't say like the big companies that have the bus mm. ads and all that. Cause like I'm not a green tea poker bottle, you know what I mean? <laughs> like I cannot put my green tea poker bottle on a bus and everybody will relate. A tattoo is not something everybody gets. So, so, so if I put it on a bus and it runs around Singapore, I don't even know how much traction it will get so um i am finding it very difficult to identify what works and what doesn't right now like cuz you see like is doing really well right but you have to do a certain thing you have to do a certain formula as well to be able to like be more viral and you don't really know what that formula is yeah so i think that's my struggle with marketing right now is that even though i know there are more things i could do like for example be more active but the algorithms change all the time and i don't really like to invest so much time in remembering what is working right now it's very difficult for me i feel like to keep up with what is working for everybody right now
0: Mm, okay um i mean you did mention a pretty valid point that you know everything is changing constantly when it comes to advertising are you worried that if you don't keep up actively you might lose out in the advertising or marketing
1: space yes and no i feel like if i were to okay but this is very extreme like Mm. if i would go like zero marketing whatsoever like don't go on social media whatsoever i still think i would have word of mouth for a while Mm. but i do think that um it will go down if i didn't even keep up with social media which i in my opinion right now is bare minimum for Mm. your brand in this day and age keeping up to some degree on Mm. social media is bare minimum i would think it's really important but i mean eventually if I don't advertise, am I losing out on space? For sure. But I feel like I'm in a stage where personally I can, I'm busy. It's not as if I'm not busy. So for me, it does, I don't feel the pinch of not reaching that extra followers. I think when I was younger, I was much, much more hard up on it because I needed the advertising more than I do now. Whereas because I've kind of built like i kind of built my clientele over like X amount of years. I'm quite lucky to be quite comfortable
0: Mm. right
1: now. Let's talk about something
0: more forward-looking. What do you, or rather, what are your expectations for yourself and for Potato Parlor in 2022?
1: For Potato Parlor, I really, really want um the artists to do really well. I really want the artists to be fully booked. I really want them to get better as artists, even about the market Potato Parlor as like um as a shop and all that. Potato Parlor is nothing without its artists. I thought that be more people know the name Potato Parlor right now because I don't think that the name is very well known as of yet. I think people are mostly talking about it as a shop that so-and-so artist worked in.
0: Mm. So I really hope the
1: shop grows uh, next year, but that will be if my artists grow as well. You talked
0: about something pretty interesting. You said that, you know, people know the artists more than they know Potato Parlor. Is that the case most of the time that consumers know the artist itself Um, or rather know the tattoo artists themselves more than the name of the shop?
1: Uh, I think that um, now it's becoming more and more common because everybody markets themselves as themselves now Mm. on Instagram as well. Mm. So in Singapore, I don't think anybody has... Oh, I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. Again, I don't like to shoot myself in the foot, but I always do anyway. (laughs) But I think most people know tattoo artists over shop in Singapore. I think because uh, Instagram... Is very Instagram what? Usually, because Instagram, mm. you're following this person because you like their art. Whereas, let's mm. say if you're gonna follow a whole shop, depending on how many people there are in a shop, the shop is gonna post everybody's work. Yeah. Let's say you only like this certain person's work, then you go follow that their, their their page, man. You won't go follow the whole mm. studio page. You know what I mean? Mm. So, um, I think that, yeah, I think that a lot of people follow artists over um studio, not a bad thing. Again, marketing the studio is just another form of marketing. Like, it's not because the studio needs to be super famous. But it is another outlet where if the studio is doing well as a name, they can go in the studio and then look at the artist in the studio and pick from there. So it's another form of marketing for the artist as well, if mm. the studio does well. In the same way, if the artist is doing well, the studio looks good. So it kind of just goes like, hand in hand, I feel. Okay, Jade, I have one last
0: question for you. Um, I've seen this question posted to so many tattoo artists on TikTok and I love hearing their answers. So I want to hear yours too what is one tattoo idea that makes you cringe and think oh that is so basic
1: um i think barcode tattoos are awful and the best part right usually when people get barcode tattoos right they don't actually mean anything like they're not a barcode of something so for all they know you can just get like fried chicken like the barcode and put it on someone you could uh but i'm not that i've done it thanks jade
0: for making time for us to share your views on marketing in the tattoo industry you know what? I'll definitely be thinking of the fried chicken reference the next time I see a barcode tattoo. If you'd like to follow Jade on her Instagram page, check out her handle at Jade Sparkle Tattoos. Thank you for tuning in to Not Your Usual Marketing. To keep abreast of the latest marketing and advertising trends, visit www.marketing-interactive.com.